a virus, an antidote, Elton John, whiskey, cannibalism, robot dogs, and butterflies. These are some of the things we'll look at as we are cracking the code of the influences of and on the 2017 movie Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Hi, this is Dan Silvestri and Tom Pizzotto of SpyMovieNavigator.com. Today, we're going to explore the scenes that have either influenced or been influenced by other movies, TV shows, and the real world in The Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Cool okay, stuff. Dan, yeah, it is cool stuff, but let me start with an overall comment about this movie. After what I've said about No Time to Die and how my view on that movie changed the more I watched it, yeah, I had the same thing here happen, but in the opposite direction. The more I watched The Golden Circle, the more I liked it. Yeah, I get it. And, and it grew on me. And when we talk about the character Poppy later, I'll explain why. I wanted to mention this up front because I think I've commented on some earlier episodes that I didn't like the Golden Circle. Yeah. And that's no longer the case. Mm-hmm. I actually do like this one now. Yeah. And also, as in our episode on the Kingsman, the Secret Service, we'll hop from one scene with influences to another scene, skipping the scenes that didn't seem to have the influences. Yeah, we're not going to cover every scene here, but we're going to look at some of these things and focus on that, which was fun the last time. And we got some great comments on the Secret Service one. So that's great. So let's get going. All right, this movie opens up with the song Take Me Home Country Roads being played on the bagpipe. This song will take on a larger significance later on in the movie, but a U.S.-based song is being played on what many people think of as a Scottish instrument, the bagpipe. Yeah, we know there are bagpipes around the world, but the Scottish Great Highland bagpipes are what most people, at least in the U.S., think of when they hear a bagpipe. Now, we could be wrong here, but from what we've read, Take Me Home Country Roads is a big song in the pubs of Scotland. So if you're listening from Scotland... Let us know if that's true. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've read that too. And I've been to Scotland and I've yeah. been in a few pubs. Me too. I don't remember that song, but you know, I've read it too, that this is this is a big song there. Yeah, I've been to Scotland a couple of times. And I think I was, in, I was in the oldest pub in Glasgow. I don't remember this song ever playing there. But hey, we had some great times in Scotland. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not hard to do. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now for a quick fun fact. Yeah. This was the third movie of 2017 to feature this song, Take Me Home Country Roads. Mm. The others were Alien Covenant and Logan Lucky. That's by John Denver, of course. He's, yeah, John Denver he, he, he did this one. Yeah. Yeah. So Matthew Vaughn, the director, was shocked when he found out <laughs> about how popular Denver and his songs had become in the 2017 movies. He was quoted as saying, he wrote John Denver into the script two and a half years ago thinking, no one really talks about John Denver anymore. Yeah, well, apparently he was wrong. <laughs> Denver yeah, was... Three movies in 2017? Yeah. Yeah, Denver was very popular in the U.S. when he was alive, and he, his songs are still popular. Anyway, Eggsy leaves the tailor shop, and a guy is wearing a hoodie who calls out, Eggy, mind if we share a cab? We see Charlie point a gun at Eggsy as Eggsy leaves the tailor shop. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I'm totally confused here. So this is our first influence from the first Kingsman movie, and we're going to see a lot of those. Yeah. But Charlie was in Valentine's Bunker when Merlin made the heads explode. Yep. Charlie was there. Yep. Now we saw Eggsy zapping with his ring, and I don't know if the 50,000 volts was supposed to kill him or what, but... We would assume if he was there in the bunker, yeah. he had the chip. Sh- should have had a chip. So why are we seeing him in this movie? Shouldn't have his head exploded in that other one? They didn't show it, but I would just assume that's what happened. Yeah. Wouldn't he be dead? You'd think he would be dead. But, so at the beginning, hey, this is puzzling. <laughs> they set us up, maybe. But they do clean it up later when Merlin tells Eggsy that the ring must have fried part of the chip. So for some reason, Charlie only lost his arm. Uh, I don't know how that happened. And we have to oh, remember. And his, vocal, and his vocal cord. Oh, yeah. And we have to remember that Charlie really is a rejected Kingsman trainee. So that may be part of the reason for some of this revenge here. Yeah, I think this is pretty lame. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> how would a ship that explodes malfunctioning cause Charlie to lose his arm and his vocal cords? I think it was just kind of a way to try to bring people back to life, which is something we're going to actually see twice in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in fiction, it's easy to bring people back to life. It's kind of nice. So <laughs> I think it was one of those willing suspension of disbelief moments. So we could dispense with trying to make sense of this stuff because, hey, maybe they needed to bring them back to life. X's cab in front of the tailor shop has the same license plate as the cab in the first movie, Kingsman the Secret Service. So that's a nice little tie-in. Charlie comments on class, which is a theme running through both of these movies and a lot of British movies, when he says Eggsy looks like a gentleman 
and I look like a pleb. Now, of course, a pleb is short for plebeian and is a reference to the quote from Goethe, to live as one likes is plebeian. The nobleman aspires to law and order. Ah, so this self-deprecating comment by Charlie really sums up the battle between law and order, represented by Eggsy, and chaos, represented by Charlie. So this is really a very clever line in the movie that's easy to miss. I like it. I missed it. (laughs) So that's good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Charlie and Eggsy have a similar class relationship to Sterling Archer and his longtime rival, Barry Dillon, on the animated TV series Archer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If I I think about it, Archer steals Barry's fiance and Barry's career, and then he seems to kill Barry. Yeah. Yet Barry returns as a cyborg. Hmm. So this is kind of similar to Charlie and Eggsy, although we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, yeah, but it is. All right. Then three Jaguar F-type SUVs approach. Nice product placement, by the way. as that was a new Jaguar when they filmed this. So that's kind of Yeah, cool. and I think there's I think there's an Aston Martin on the street there, too. Oh, right really? I missed Charlie, it. yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, so now this brings us to one of my favorite scenes in the movie, which okay. is the fight in the taxi yeah, yeah. and the car chase with the taxi. I think that whole thing is so well done yeah. and works really well. The close-in quarters of the cab were even more confined than the train car and that wonderful fight between James Bond and Red Grant yeah. and From Russia with Love. Mm-hmm. And this fight happens while Pete is trying to drive them to safety. It's just very compact, but really, really good. Yeah, and in this scene, parts of the fight happen outside of the cab, which is moving at a high speed. And it kind of reminds us of train scenes in Mission Impossible and really a bunch of other movies. But we have to remember, this isn't a cab. It's very cool. I like it. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, so during this fight, we see Charlie has a bionic or robotic arm yeah. and some voice box thing, remember, calling back to the cyborg sure, with, Sterling, <laughs> with Sterling Archer. So was his arm a modernized version of the arm that Teehee had in Live and Let Die? Yeah. Like Teehee, it gets pulled off his shoulder. Yep. <laughs> and then was the voice box thing a call out to Mission Impossible? Yeah. where they do the voice changer things. Yeah, I mean, it could be, but this is a much more obviously sophisticated arm, which, by well, the way... Well, it's many years later. Robotics have come a long way. Yeah, which, yeah. And by the way, it gets pulled off of Charlie, as you said, but it stays in the cab and somehow downloads all of the information about Kingsman, including the addresses of the Kingsman. Whoa. Because it becomes a creeping, crawling arm and hand all on its own. You know, you don't think it was remote controlled? You think it just went by itself? Yeah. Now, the crawling hand that was left behind in the cab, of course, this is really right out of the horror movie actually called The Crawling Hand, 1963, or The Hand, 1981, or Evil Dead 2 in 1987. So it's all been done before and often. But it does, through some fingerprint likeness, I assume, of Eggsy, download the Kingsman addresses because he does have to touch the remote. Yeah, was that biometric or was that he was entering a code? I couldn't tell. I, it looked biometric. It almost looked like it lit up or something. I thought it was fingerprint. It could be something yeah, else. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure either. I'm not but sure in either. any case, yeah. he's, he's downloading this database yeah. of these addresses of all the Kingsmen, which really reminds me of the knock list in Mission Impossible. Yeah. And we've seen this whole thing you know, actually in many, uh, many spy movies of trying to get an agent's list. Yeah. They do bring in a lot of stuff that's been in other spy movies without doubt. All right. So now you mentioned that the cab is moving at a high speed, although there is a bit more, I think, a bit more VFX here. That this is a nice chase that ends with an obvious nod, I think, to the spy who loved me. Right. Yeah. Now, before before you get to that part, yeah, Eggsy shoots those missiles and it takes out the three pursuit cars. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> now, that was actually not a callback to a movie, but we have to remember that the Kingsman was based on a graphic novel or comic book series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That this thing's based off. Of. So those missiles launching and hitting multiple targets is right out of the comic book. That's cool. <laughs> All right. So Dan, sorry, I interrupted you. You can go back to the spy who loved me. Yeah. The spy who loved <laughs> me. So, yeah. Eggsy has to drive the cab into the water in what they called rendezvous swan. All right. It's a black London cab here, but in the spy who loved me, James Bond drove the Lotus into the water and Mary crashes it off the pier and it turns into this submersible. Well, here the cab wheels do the same thing as the Lotus did at turning in and so on when it becomes the sub. And it's the same, it's the same damn thing, except Eggsy has to hold his breath here because the windscreen or windshield has been shot out. 
and as you can see through his glasses where the exit is, which was kind of cool. That's a nice heads-up display in these glasses, I think. That was kind of neat. They yeah, do a they lot had, with they, glasses. They had, yeah, they had that in the, in the first one as well. Yeah. So he does escape, and he makes it, and uh, his Lotus, <laughs> his version of the Lotus, makes it. And, and now as he's got to jump into this sewer to swim to his escape, and it's a scummy-looking thing. Yeah. <laughs> this has to be a callback to Andy Dufresne in Shawshank Redemption. I mean, Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, he had to swim through that sewer for his escape in Shawshank. I mean, yikes. It kind of looks yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's a good catch there. Yeah. You know, and, and when he gets out of the sewer, he goes home where he's living with <laughs> Princess Tilda from the first movie, and there's a wall there with Mr. Pickle, which is Harry's dog yeah. from the first movie, right. and there were butterflies on Harry's wall. Was this an homage to the deceased Harry, or is this Harry's old house? I wasn't sure if they were just using his house now or if this was just somehow he just took all the, rebuilt the wall in the new house. Yeah. I like that JB, his dog from the Secret Service, which he failed to shoot is here too. So yeah, that, but he looks a little bit bigger than the one that was in the first movie. Yeah, they were, well, they he's made, older. <laughs> but, they, but they made comments in the first movie that he wasn't going to, because he remember he thought it was a bulldog, so right. he thought it was going to get bigger, and they said, oh, no, it's not. Yeah, it looked like a pug, I think, right? Yeah. It was a pug. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. All, right. All right, so anyways, they, they meet up with some friends, and Harry says he has to meet Tilda's parents for the first time tomorrow. Now, there's a bong and some pot in a bag on the friend's table, <laughs> and that becomes important in just a minute. Now they zoom into that bag of pot and the scene transforms into a forest in Cambodia. I liked how they did that. Yeah. And we get introduced to Poppy, the Julianne Moore character I referenced earlier. Now, yeah. this is a great name for her for a couple of reasons. The, the main one is <laughs> the poppy plant is where opium comes from. Right, yeah. So, I, I, I love that morph from the pot back to the forests of Cambodia. I mean, that's just perfectly done. It, 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 to the every detail, every every curve everything it just kind of matched perfectly to where they zoomed in on for the cambodia shot well, it's, it's and in the, nice in the first kingsman eggsy's holding that snow globe with the mountain in it yeah. and they take that and open into the mountain place where they've got professor arnold yeah so here we find out that she's running the largest drug cartel in the world out of a place called poppy land in cambodia Okay. Uh, that's a, like you said, that's a good name. <laughs> yep, it is. All right. So now Populand's right out of the 50s Kitchville, all, all of the way down to the diner, right? There, there's a bowling alley and a theater with a marquee that says, another very special night with Captain Fantastic. <laughs> that's a big clue for an upcoming cameo. More than a cameo, really. There's a big pink donut above Poppy's Donut Shop. This looks almost exactly like the pink lard lad donuts from the simpsons too so you've got to love a simpsons reference <laughs> yeah yeah i think there'd be one in a spy movie but yeah <laughs> i think that's there a, is that's some pretty good stuff yeah. now i want to talk about this poppy character some more all right she says a bunch of evil stuff while keeping up the appearance that she's being nice while she's talking yeah that's perfect <laughs> it turns out that her character was inspired by miss tessmacher from the 1979 movie superman okay Right. She would talk with Lex Luthor in a very similar way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Matthew Vaughn said Poppy is America's sweetheart gone very wrong <laughs> and called her Martha Stewart on crack. A, <laughs> a, a kooky, sweet, Stepford Wise style villain at the same time as lethal, crazy, and intelligent. Wow. Wow. Now, I really liked Julianne Moore in this I did the too. second time I saw the movie. The, the first time movie, I didn't. But I think that Betty White would have been a more inspired choice for this. Hey, I could see that, actually. Hey, that, that's a good one. That's a good... I mean, I think I would have gotten the character sooner. And again, this isn't <laughs> okay. a slam on Julianne Moore. I just think that this character is in Betty White's wheelhouse. Yeah. I keep thinking back to her character on Sue Ann Niven on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. And I can see her morphing into Poppy. Yeah, I do too. Or, or the grandmother in The Proposal, which had Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock, which was a great movie. And she was terrific in that. So same kind of character. That she yeah, could, they're, they're very sweet yeah, while right. doing all this bad stuff. Doing some sneaky stuff in the background. So, yeah. yeah. Alright. I've got something about Poppy's name. <laughs> Remember in the episode on the first movie that we said Chester King, which was Arthur's name in that movie, was the name of a of a guy who actually played a Kingsman in the movie. It was the real name of the guy. Well, he also plays a Kingsman in this movie, too. And there's an actress in this movie named Poppy Delavine, who plays Charlie's girlfriend, Clara. Huh? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Both movies have characters with 
not that common a name, played by a Hollywood star. And they also have actors of the same name in the movie. That's that's weird. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an interesting twist. Now, Dan, as I think about it, both yeah. of those stars, Michael Caine from the first movie and Julianne Moore from this one, have won Academy Awards for acting. In fact, this movie has six Oscar winners and one Oscar nominee. This well, is a strong cast in the second movie here. Yeah. Now, in this first scene where we meet Poppy, she's talking to a guy in a blue suit named Charles. She tells Angel to put him in the mincing machine. <laughs> okay. All right. Real nice, though, she's talking, like you yes. said. <laughs> Charles tries to escape, but she has her two robot dogs, which are pretty cool and powerful, chase after him. Uh, these dogs have names Benny and Jet. Okay. That's another clue about the upcoming mm. cameo appearance of someone pretty famous. <laughs> and everybody knows who it is. These dogs have a red bar where their eyes should be with a light that goes back and forth like they're looking and, and watching. But this has to have been inspired by the car kit in the TV show Knight Rider. Come on, that came right out of there. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Right. Now, is this a modern take on Blofeld's Piranhas in You Only Live Twice hmm. or the Hounds in Moonraker? Uh, I mean, animals can kill and robotic animals can do more. Yeah, I like that. That's good. So th these dogs stop him because they're pretty damn effective. And Angel does put Charles in the mincer. Yeah, look at Fargo. This has to be inspired by that wood chipper scene in Fargo. I mean, oh, absolutely, right? totally, totally. Yikes! And we now, actually see it in in um, the snowmaker scene, also in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, when the guy gets fed into the snow maker remember huh? and he comes out and it's shooting out red snow so, that's true uh, yeah <laughs> no absolutely i forgot about that yeah. yeah so what i liked about this in comparison with fargo is the event in fargo was based on a real life event mm -hmm. so in 1986 some woman named hella crafts was fed through a wood chipper by her husband nice. in connecticut here in the u.s so we talk about influences in a movie coming from other movies or real life yeah in this case Real life inspired the scene in Fargo, which I think inspired this scene in this movie. Yeah, pretty gruesome for real stuff. <laughs> yes. Uh, so then the meat comes out of the mincer. <laughs> but, but somehow, the, the clothes, hair, and everything just got discarded by the machine. I, I don't know how that happens. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. made me laugh. I was like, oh, this is like pure meat yeah. coming out of here. It's <laughs> Right. Kind of confusing, huh? Yeah. A very sophisticated machine. But, but I love when she makes it into what looks like a hamburger, which ends up getting fed to Angel. I'm, it's the assumption, right, is that she made the burger out of that meat. That's <sighs> how they play it, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, and, they, and then she feeds it to Angel just after he gets his solid gold circle tattoo. The golden <laughs> circle. Ah, okay, that's <laughs> what we're talking about here. Everybody in her organization has this solid gold circle kind of tattooed on them like burning on them yike all right so this movie has cannibalism some other films that could have inspired this are eating raul texas chainsaw massacre and of course soylent green although i can't watch this without thinking of sweeney todd the demon barber of fleet street with mrs lovett selling her pies remember that oh that's great because now when i first saw this it reminded me of a scene in the hbo series the sopranos Okay. I don't remember yeah. the episode, but Christopher's cutting up a body in Satriales, and he says something like, man, remind me not to eat anything from this place for a while. Jeez. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, you got you to gotta like it. She has him mince up this guy, Charles, and then she feeds Charles to him. <laughs> now, now, another kind of weird fun fact here is the actor who played Charles, Keith Allen, he took the set home when filming was done, and it's part of a real diner that his wife now runs. Oh, wow. They were just going to throw the set away, and he said, hey, I want that, and they let him take it. That's amazing that they let him take it because we— Well, I don't know if he had to pay anything for it, but they were going to throw it away. Yeah, wow. That's, that's pretty cool to me. I'm a whole set. Yeah. That's nice. All right, so let's jump ahead in the movie a bit. Exy goes to the tailor shop. Roxy is there along with a new Arthur. They put on their glasses, and we see the Kingsmen assembled at the table. The decanter's on the table, and there's a glass in front of Roxy, Arthur, and Eggsy. They don't do a toast, but was this a toast for either Arthur or Galahad from the first movie? I don't know. We never saw a toast for either of them, really, did we? I don't think so. No, we didn't. Yeah. So 
But for this time, there's no open seat at the table. So I, I was kind of wondering, hmm, what's going on Well, there? if it was for Arthur, there's the new Arthur there already. Yeah, So right. maybe they were toasting the old Arthur. Yeah, I, I don't know. Wasn't or, quite sure. Because if it was Harry, they were already calling Eggsy Galahad. So yeah. it could have been that those seats got filled already. Yeah. We just didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah, and they do get corrected later in the movie about the, the damn names, calling everybody the same name. Yes. yes. <laughs> anyway, Berlin gives another briefing to Eggsy, Roxy, and Arthur on the mirror from the first movie. So this has to become somewhat like the briefing scene in Mission Impossible series. You know, we're going to see it on this mirror. We find out about the mission here. So this is also where we find out that Charlie lost his arm and vocal cords in the first movie, like you said earlier, which is why he's alive in this movie okay. yeah i still i still think that's an odd way to get charlie into this movie yeah but but whatever let's go ahead and jump ahead a little bit because we got it takes a little bit before we get the next influencer yeah now Exy's at dinner at the palace with tildy and her parents the king and queen of sweden yeah nice <laughs> the king asks Exy some really tough questions that somehow Exy knows the answers to wow now, if we remember in the first movie, Harry was able to talk with Valentine about climate change, yeah. but he had time to kind of prep for that. His purpose for being there was to donate to the foundation. Yeah. Now, we've always said that James Bond was always able to talk about any subject. Virtually, yeah. Yeah, virtually. Well, maybe we know how he did it now because we get a fun play here in this in this scene. <laughs> it turns out that Roxy is listening in, Googling in whatever topic, and telling Eggsy what to say. <laughs> All right, that's easy to miss, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the movie Roxanne, which was where Steve Martin's character is getting fed the lines as they're trying to woo the woman. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know, maybe it's like a little mockery, too, of James Bond here, because it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, he probably really didn't know that stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like to think it is, because it would be cool if it was. All right, so I like the scene. And it, you do get distracted by the ambiance of the palace and you're just paying attention to the dinner table and what's going on there. And, and you're really not paying attention to Eggsy getting fed these answers. So it's really pretty well done. So this isn't an influencer, but it does, I think, poke fun at Bond knowing everything. I think that's good. I think that's good. All right, jumping ahead a bit, we come to a scene where all of the Kingsmen's homes get hit with missiles. Presumably, of course, the Kingsmen are in the in their homes, which is why they're getting hit. While Eggsy, though, is still with the King. Hmm. Poppy killed off all of the Kingsmen at the same time. That's what she was trying to do. Did this inspire the scene in No Time to Die with the Spectre agents? Hmm. Killing off everyone from an organization at the same time. Oh, my! Oh, it's happening again, I guess, in No Time see, to I, Die. <laughs> yeah, see, I thought this actually had more of a Godfather feel to it, that it oh. was inspired by that. There's in Godfather 1, there's the baptism scene where all oh. the heads of all of the other families are killed while Michael was being the Godfather at the baptism. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's so, great. now, in the aftermath of these explosions, though, Eggsy and Merlin meet kind of almost by chance. Yeah. And Eggsy says, Roxy's dead. Everyone's dead. And Merlin tells him to pull himself together. So there's no time for emotion in this scenario. <laughs> now, to me, this kind of felt like the scene in the first Mission Impossible movie when Ethan yells at Kittredge over the phone. They're dead. Oh, yeah. my, team, my team is dead. And Kittredge says, listen, I read you. Let's just bring you in safely. Then we'll worry about that, okay? Kind of had that same kind of feel to me the here. Calming calming element yes even though they suspected each other uh merlin and Eggsy for a second there because why are they each, each of them alive still absolutely yeah 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 yeah. so then merlin and Eggsy go to barry brothers in rudd it's a real life wine shop in london this was the location of the republic of texas embassy for three years in the 1840s before texas became a u.s state so, there's a plaque marking the spot in the alleyway Merlin and Eggsy walked through to get to the shop. But, we couldn't see this plaque in the movie. So, there is a real-life tie-in with this shop and the U.S. in the 1800s. So that's well, that's of, cool. Yeah. So now, they if, had, they had, if they had set this in Texas instead of Kentucky, it would have been perfect. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, that, that would be perfect sense. But, of course, they're not making whiskey in Texas. Yeah. At least not as good as Kentucky. They enter tasting room three. Merlin has the Kingsman pendant. 
and inserts it into a stone structure and it opens, revealing a safe. Now, this is just like National Treasure 2004, where the pipe is split in two and it opens the secret room by fitting the pieces into a structure exactly like this. <laughs> yeah, and, and Red Notice had the same, the same trope in it too. Yeah, there you go. Whatever is in that safe is the answer to all of our problems, Merlin says. And what's in there? It's a bottle of Statesman Whiskey from Louisville, Kentucky in the U.S. There's a stamp on the bottle that says bottled in bond. <laughs> Tom, I, I assume you've researched this term, bottled uh, in yes, bond. Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> All right. All right. So. <laughs> so it's not just a call out to James Bond. Like, if you weren't from the U.S., you may not know this. You might have just thought it was a call out to Bond. Yeah, okay. But bottled in bond is actually a term used in the American drinks industry, and it means the whiskey was made to a certain standard. Okay. Originally, it was that the whiskey was certified by the government to be what it said it was. No. It's kind of like the DOCG stamp on a bottle of wine from Italy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know that. So, same, same, yep. same type of thing. Okay. Now, to take this even further, because, you know, I will. <laughs> so there, <laughs> sure. Sure. There was an act called the Bottle and Bond Act of 1897. Wow. It was designed to help weed out fake whiskey and help distillers with their tax payments. Oh. Distillers now didn't have to pay tax on the bonded alcohol until it left the warehouse. Okay. If it wasn't bonded, it was taxed after distillation. Yeah. So you distill it, by, and how long does it take before it actually is going to leave the warehouse? There could be a difference there. Oh, yeah, it so could they, be years. Yeah, so they could save a little bit on the taxes there. Now, today, the phrase actually symbolizes uh, value in the bottles that are in probably the $20 to $30 range U.S., mm-hmm. and they're they're 100 proof, and they're at least four years old. Okay. So, so that bottle and bond is not just a call out to James <laughs> Bond like you might have thought. Yeah. All right. All right. So Merlin and Eggsy drink a toast to their fallen comrades with this bottle of Statesman whiskey to Roxy, to Arthur, and... JB the pug dog who of course now got killed in the explosions at Eggsy's house. So this is a callback to the first movie and possibly no time to die the toasting part again, right? Yep. Yep. But Eggsy notices on the back of wait, the Wait, oh wait, they didn't just have one toast. When <laughs> Arthur did the toast it was one one toast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is this gets a little dicey. But they drank the bottle. <laughs> Eggsy notices though on the back of the label looking at it through the near-empty bottle from the back, and he sees distilled in Kentucky. But he notices the K in Kentucky is in a circle and forms the Kingsman logo. Country Road, that song that we mentioned before. Country Road, Take Me Home Country Roads. Yeah, which was playing in the beginning of the movie, is playing now. And oh, I, I as, missed that. As they head to Kentucky, to the Statesman. So that K that he sees in there, yeah, there's the connection. And that's why Eggsy says, we're going to Kentucky. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to now jump to Kentucky in the U.S. because that K, this whiskey company, the Statesman Whiskey Company, is the front, like the Kingsman Tailor Shop is the front in England for this organization. The Statesman's organization is a whiskey company. Yeah, there you go. Both putting out very fine products, apparently. (laughs) Hi. <laughs> oh, James Bond went to Kentucky to chase Goldfinger. Harry went to Kentucky to chase a villain. And now Eggsy's in Kentucky chasing a villain. <laughs> I guess Kentucky has a lot of villains. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the, the, the reason that, that Harry's, well, yeah. never mind. I'm going to give, well, I'll give away the, yeah. I mean, the reason Harry's still alive, though, is because he happened to be in Kentucky where the statesmen were. Oh, although this is Kentucky, this movie uses a bunch of real-life tie-ins to southern U.S. sayings. Three of them are, slap your mama, and sitting in high cotton, and that dog don't hunt. Meaning, whatever you just said is bullshit. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Dan, you know, when I worked at Microsoft, I traveled all over the U.S. Uh-huh. And these, these sayings are accurate to the south. Yes. And some someone like me from the Midwest going down to the south and it and it's different parts of the south use use different expressions the first time you hear him you're like what the heck does that mean oh uh, yeah no, I, but, I, they, I, but these are all actual statements that are, are absolutely you. how is it i was uh, in the high-tech business and at one company my boss was from texas and he he gave entire speeches with these 
with these sayings from Texas. <laughs> he used every one of these, and especially this dog don't hunt. That dog don't hunt. Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, good stuff. So that so that was definitely an accurate real life call out. Yep. That a lot of people might have missed if they weren't from the U.S. Yep. Now another thing here is the names for the statesmen, right? Mm-hmm. So the Kingsmen have their code names off of the the King Arthur's lineage. All of the statesmen's agents have names based on liquor. Yep. So we get tequila, we have whiskey, we have champagne, mm-hmm. and then we meet their technical person who's called ginger ale, played yeah. by Halle Berry. Yeah. Now ginger ale's not an alcohol. Yeah. So I thought this was odd, but they clean that up a little bit later. Now, she plays a role similar to Q in the Bond series, uh, maybe a Luther or Benji in Mission Impossible, yeah. or Merlin here in the Kingsman series. Yeah, they're not agents, really. Yeah. The, the only series that, that we don't really get this kind of a role is Bourne. Yeah. I yeah. think we missed something in our discussion on the Kingsman and the Secret Service. Ginger's name is an interesting callback to the first movie. Merlin wasn't part of the original King Arthur uh, and the Knights of the Round Table. He wasn't a Kingsman agent. So, yeah, two more quick things here. Halle Berry. Okay, so so Ginger Ale's not an agent, so she's not so yeah. she doesn't have an alcohol name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so right. I think that's it, right? So right. two a couple of more things here. Halle Berry played a character called Ginger in in the 2001 movie Swordfish. <laughs> yeah. Here here she's playing Ginger Ale. <laughs> and as for Merlin's name, wasn't he on the first mission we see in the first movie when Exy's father was killed? Wasn't he an agent there? Well, maybe confused? that was a, Yeah, maybe that was a training mission for James who turned into Lancelot. Mm because Merlin was responsible for training. Okay. So, and, and Harry says something like, you've graduated, you're now, La- you're now Lancelot. So Merlin is staff and not an agent. Yeah. So his name isn't one of the Knights of the Round Table. Okay. And again, Ginger staff and not a statesman agent. So this makes sense. All right. All right. So we see these staff people often having to do field work. Q, obviously, has been in the field in many James Bond movies, and Luther and Benji have been in the field in Mission Impossible series as well. So we see a kick-ass fight between the statesman, Tequila, and Merlin and Eggsy. And the state, I have to say, the statesman kicked their butts. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even close. I thought that was interesting. I mean, these guys were so damn good in the first movie, all of the Kingsmen. And here, they get their butts kicked in, in quick order. Ginger Ale straightens things out, though, as she says, hey, their story checks out. And she opened their doomsday locker, which was the doomsday locker that Eggsy and Merlin opened, finding this statesman bottle. That's their doomsday locker, and it had the and here. So they each had their own. They each had their own doomsday locker. Yeah, and here ginger ale for the statesman says, "Hey, I found this Kingsman umbrella in our doomsday locker, and it's with their logo." Okay, so the umbrella had the the umbrella had the statesman logo. For an S, yeah, and the king, the the bottle of booze in the Kingsman Doomsday Lock had the, had the circle K. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So all's cool, she says. They don't get their balls burned off. That's nice, because <laughs> that's what they were going to do. That's that's what Tequila was going to do to them. All right. Then we get to the big reveal. Harry, who we saw get shot in the eye in the Secret Service, is alive. Yeah, because they never did give him a toast. We saw him shot in the eye. He has a patch on that eye here. Is that a callback to Largo and Thunderball? Right? You know, patch on the eye? <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of fans were mad when the marketing people stupidly ruined the surprise by putting Colin Firth into trailers for this movie. So Yeah, Va- Vaughn was not happy about that yeah, either. Yeah. So that kind of blew the, the whole shock and value of, uh, of him being resurrected from the dead. Ah. <sighs> And when we see him for the first time here, he's shaving. Is that a hint that he's no longer Harry? <laughs> oh, God, All right, I had to throw no. that in there. <laughs> All right, that's you bad. know, you never know. Maybe that was somebody's fun joke. But yeah, wow. That's true. All right, so this is now the second person we thought was dead from the first movie who is still alive. Remember, we saw Charlie. And Harry has amnesia. Just like James Bond in the novel You Only Live Twice, or Jason Bourne, for that matter. So... There you go. More yeah, and I like I like this amnesia angle. I think, I think it's yeah. I think it's a powerful trope that can serve two purposes. 
And fortunately, it's not overdone in spy movies. It'd no, be really a really isn't. easy thing to to overdo, but they so far they haven't. Yeah, I mean, Jason Bourne has skills he doesn't know about that manifest themselves when they when he needs them, and he slowly patches together what happened here with Harry. He's just clueless about the whole Kingsman part of his past. Yeah. And it comes back to him at one key moment. Well, yes, yes, yes. Which is different than Bourne. So it's two different ways of handling the, how do we get the agent back mm-hmm. who can't remember anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I like the two different approaches here. And I think it's a great trope if they use it sparingly. Yeah. It's kind of cool here when you see Harry. He's kind of in this padded room. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's there's butterflies on the wall. Yeah. You know, Harry says he's a lepidopterist. Yeah. We remember that term. I couldn't <laughs> say it on the first yeah. you know, the first it's episode a, it's where a tough I one. first used it about on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. But that's obviously a callback to the scene in on Her Majesty's Secret Service yeah. when Bond goes to M's, M's house. Yeah. 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 And Merlin tells Harry that he, Harry, wanted to be a lepidopterist before he joined the army. Yeah. So this makes some sense. Yeah, yeah. I also I also like how they pulled things from the first movie to try to get Harry to remember things. Yeah. So Merlin and Eggsy may had a conversation about Oxfords versus Brogues mm-hmm. to try to help him remember and that it, it didn't work. work. No. No. Now, don't forget that in funeral in Berlin, Ross had butterflies on his wall too. And what is with, what is this with all the butterflies in these movies? I I don't know. Do they all signify a me, like a metamorphosis, like in the first Kingsman movie? Maybe I'm thinking I'm missing a tie-in there. There's got to be something. Though here we see. Well, Harry. it is interesting that all of these, you know, you, you got Harry Palmer, yeah, Bond, Kingsman, all having butterflies yeah. as a significant. Or okay, the butterflies in Ross's wall might not be significant. But they were there. Yeah, I mean, you do see the transformation in, in that concept, and we hear that a little bit later, I think, in this movie too, when we're talking about caterpillars and stuff. Yeah. So, so we do see a little throwback to that too in this movie about when Eggsy is complimenting Harry for basically giving him everything in his life, making him what he is, because he turned from a caterpillar into this butterfly. So, I think there is the point it's going to be of this metamorphosis and here though we see harry is being transformed from <laughs> what we thought were dead to alive so yeah there's something <laughs> that's a to big it. transformation <laughs> yeah it's a big one <laughs> easy in fiction though as we always say hi ah then we learn about alpha gel which the statesman developed to protect against head injuries it uses something called microbots now of course in no time to die they use nanobots so these bots just keep getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> okay. All right. But wait, will Bond come back in a similar way? <laughs> will he oh, borrow the God. statesman's alpha gel? <laughs> I guess, he did I guess a lot of it. A, I, I guess that's a good point, but there'll be an awful lot of ticked off Bond fans if they do that. Yeah, yeah probably. Bond probably. is best when there isn't continuity between the movies. Yeah. Don't give me a story arc like that. Yeah, so. well, they did with Craig. All right, so now we get... They ruined it. Yeah. Then we get to the next big reveal. Remember that cameo we told you about? It's not really a cameo. I mean, he's in for quite a bit. Well, not surprisingly, we find that Elton John is in this movie, of course. Shocking. Yeah. He's been kidnapped by Poppy. Poppy calls back to the first movie saying with Valentine, saying with Valentine abducting those celebrities, it seems silly to not take advantage of the situation. So, okay. So now that she's got Elton John. <laughs> so there is a subtle clue about Elton's abduction in an earlier scene in this movie. Yes. <laughs> when Brandon discovers Exy's spy stuff earlier in the movie, Exy's wall has three newspapers on it, just like Harry's wall in the first movie. Yeah. I mean, it had more than three, but it had new, the cover of the newspaper on it. Yeah. But here... One of, them's, <laughs> one of them says, Elton gone, in the <laughs> three of them that are on the wall for Exy. Yeah. I missed that the first time through this movie. Yeah. Um, And then as I've gone through it a few times, we we picked it up. Yeah. And now we know where he is. But Poppy's line is somewhat of a continuity problem. Again, this is trying to have continuity between movies. It's tough. Mm. In the first Kingsman, we only saw politicians or rulers abducted. Yeah. Vaughn's original plan was to have a bunch of celebrities get kidnapped in the first movie, but ended up dropping that thread because he couldn't get a bunch of celebrities to sign on for quick cameos. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's what I've heard. 
So the celebrity line seems a bit out of place in this movie because we didn't see celebrities in the first one. If we had seen them in there, it would have made total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. But here it's assumed. Yes. And Okay, so yeah, yeah, so it is a little out of place. But Elton does give us some fun scenes and callbacks to his career. For instance, there are signs that say, Bitch is back. (laughs) Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. And those dogs... Remember, I named Benny and Jet. Benny and the Jets. All right, no more singing. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All our references to Elton John's songs or albums, of course. I love when Poppy first talks to Elton. She says, language Elton, <laughs> when he curses. <laughs> I mean, come on. She's feeding bodies into meat grinders, <laughs> but doesn't like Elton's cursing. <laughs> well, especially with the, the language in the rest of this movie. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and like you say, the fact that she has no problem killing people. Yeah, I just, yeah. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now Elton starts exhibiting a blue rash. And we find out this is yet another example of a villain using bioweapons as a key plot point. Hmm. Let's see. Honor Majesty's Secret Service, No Time to Die. There's a couple right there. That's a well-used trope in spy movies. Yeah, I think the one that's closest to this one, though, is the way bioweapons are used in Mission Impossible 2. Oh, yeah, there you go. You have biocyte pharmaceuticals developing both the virus and the antidote with Chimera and Bellerophon. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Poppy distributes the virus, and she has the antidote. Yeah, perfect. Another great knockoff. There you go. (laughs) What else can be in this movie? (laughs) The Golden (laughs) Circle. All right. If we jump ahead a bit, we get another callback to the first movie. We see a room with a big table and meet Champagne, played by Jeff Bridges. He throws his cowboy hat across the room and it lands on a big bottle of champagne. Of course, a nice callback to the early Bond movies where Bond throws his trilby onto the coat rack. Love it. Love the music here. It's strong and assuring. It is really good. And I think Jeff Bridges did a great job at, at leading the Statesman team. He was really oh, he, good. Great. Character. He did. And if you watch it throughout the movie, whenever they're in that room, that hat's still on that champagne bottle. Yeah, that's good. And th- there's this conversation, which I love, with the confusion over the fact that both Harry and Eggsy have been codenamed Galahad. It's, it's like, okay. Uh, a confusion that No Time to Die handled well with the 007 monikers, I guess. But here yeah. it's funny. It's like, you guys got to straighten that out. <laughs> yeah, they do. But I do. I did like the way they did that in No Time to Die. But they're right. You shouldn't have two people with the same code name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There now, you go. in the Kingsman, the Secret Service, the Kingsman wear these these like horn rim, thick thick rim glasses. Mm. But he's Exy is told to put on some wire rim glasses, and they work the same way as the Kingsman's glasses. So just a different style. And he meets Agent Whiskey over this. So yeah. it's kind of like a Zoom call in the glasses. Yeah. Uh, today. So now he meets this Agent Whiskey, who's played by Pedro Pascal. He was great. Now, <laughs> yeah. Now, the thing is, and I didn't, I knew him as Oberyn in Game of Thrones, but I didn't know all the other stuff he's done. So I didn't know he had this mustache all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, for I, me, I, I thought they were I, trying to get a Burt Reynolds lookalike. I, I knew you were going to say because that. This he, guy, he reminds me of Burt Reynolds every time I see him in the movie. A lot with yeah. the cowboy hat and the blue coat and the, yeah. the mustache. And Burt Reynolds was in a movie called Sam Whiskey, where he was called Sam Whiskey. Okay, there you go. So we have whiskey. <laughs> ah, that's good. Supposedly his character was based on Burt Reynolds the Marlboro Man, and yeah. James Coburn. Oh, cool. Now, now Pedro is one of the many names who's been bantied around for playing James Bond, especially before they gave it to Daniel Craig. He was in the running then, if, I re- if I'm remembering that right. Oh, come on. Burt Reynolds can't be James Bond. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> actually, they actually looked, for, looked at Burt Reynolds early on for James Bond. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. So we see another so Pedro could have been Pedro could have been the replacement. You never know. Who knows who will be next? It could be <laughs> you. <laughs> let's let, let, let's get back to the Kingsman, the Golden Circle. <laughs> we then see another callback to the first movie when they fill Harry's room with water to try to get him to remember things. Remember, he's in that padded room. He still has amnesia. They tried a couple of tricks, didn't work. And this doesn't work. And he still has amnesia. There are so many callbacks to the first movie. It's 
kind of crazy, really. It, it really is. So another real-world influencer happens when Eggsy stops by to visit Tilda before going to the Glastonbury Music Festival. Tilda reminds Eggsy what he can do if he saves the world. Now, this is obviously a callback to the one of the what I'll call the water cooler conversation scenes <laughs> that Vaughn put in this movie. Uh-huh. Vaughn says that Hitchcock always said you need to have five water cooler conversation scenes in a movie. Yeah. And he says he likes to put Vaughn says he likes to put in at least eight. Okay. And people talking about the Kingsman, the Secret Service, often bring up the line that Tilda says to Eggsy. So it's a good water cooler conversation thing. (laughs) And Tilda reminds him of it here, just less graphically. Yes, a lot less graphically. And then the same trope is used by Elton John a little bit later in the movie. You think? (laughs) When he tells Harry that if he saves the world... Elton will give him a backstage pass. <laughs> Come on. Hmm. Well, thought, I'm not sure I get it. I thought he was meant. really giving him a backstage pass. Come on. <laughs> okay. Woo. All right, we get it. Now let's head to the Glastonbury Music Festival where they have to find Charlie's girlfriend, Clara, because remember, they've got to track her to find Charlie. So, so we're going to continue the sexual theme here or the water cooler conversations when Whiskey tells Eggsy that he has to plant a tracker in Clara so they can find Charlie. And it has to be planted in a mucous membrane. Okay. All right. What are they saying, Dave? I don't know if Clara has any mucous membranes, but (laughs) Eggsy's got to find one. (laughs) Uh, The planting here is a pretty racy scene, including a long close-up shot of a hand in Clara's panties. Now, Taryn Edgerton wouldn't do that shot. So Poppy Delevingne, the actress, her husband, James Cook, stepped in for that shot because (laughs) you see the hand doing things in there that you wonder, okay. Yeah, it's good to have your husband do that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All All right. We also get the line, what happens in Glastow stays in Glastow. An obvious call out to what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas marketing campaign all right we get it although it means something here i think all right yeah it does yeah it absolutely does because it's a line that gets used later now then like in the first movie there's a long stretch where we didn't really pick up any influencers yeah but then finally we get to Eggsy gets the idea he's in a bar and he gets an idea to get a dog that looks like harry's old dog mr pickle and he takes the dog to harry and pretends he's gonna shoot the dog this one works It causes Harry to flash back to when he had to shoot Mr. Pickle when he was trying to become a Kingsman. Yeah, he's trying to knock him out of his amnesia here. Exactly, and it worked. Yeah, yeah. Now, now if you remember, Eggsy had a similar scene, but he couldn't shoot the dog. Right. (laughs) But this brings Harry back, and he remembers who he is. Yes. So unlike Jason Bourne, who has to put things piece by piece together, this thing hits and boom, okay, Harry Harry remembers now. Yeah, that's a great scene. I love that scene. It's terrific. Now, they go to a saloon, and we get a watch product placement here. In Bond movies, there's almost always a product placement for a watch. Here, it is the Tag Hour connected watch. Nice. This set looks <laughs> like it is the same set as the bar fight scene in the first movie. We get the manners maketh man line, and a fight breaks out, and almost the same thing happens in this movie with the fight except that Harry still isn't quite the old Harry. We see Whiskey help out and use his lasso, which was cool. And this is the best fight scene in the movie, I think. It's really a good one. But when Harry kind of is not all himself, he sees butterflies. Yes. (laughs) Which always includes it in that, oh, Harry's not himself. (laughs) All right. Yep. And and I like in this fight, when, when Whiskey's using the lasso, you get it's a golden lasso, so there's yeah. golden circles in the air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I kind I kind of like that tie in there. Yeah. Now, when when the fight ends, Poppy's on TV talking to the U.S. president, and we have to remember that Valentine talked to the U.S. president in the last movie. Although, unlike in Kingsman: The Secret Service, they weren't pretending that it was the current president. Right, 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 right. But she lays out her plan and tells the president she has the antidote. She'll distribute it if the president ends the war on drugs by legalizing drugs. And, of course, she wants immunity like they all do. So in both movies, the villains need the U.S. president's support. Yeah, 
And there's some cameos here from Fox News Channel personalities, actually. I like when they use real reporters in these types of scenes because you think they, they might be thinking, this is going to be thrilling to be in a movie like this, you know, instead of yep. just this reporting stuff. So they did it in this movie, and they actually did it in The Untouchables, too. There were quite a few Chicago reporters used as the press in The Untouchables movie. So, again, been done before, but it's kind of cool that it's done here. Yeah. yeah. Well, and in in the Untouchables, they were using local reporters yeah. for that local Chicago reporter. So us living in Chicago think, oh, that was really cool. Somebody not from Chicago might not have caught that. Yeah. With the Fox News people, yeah, it's more of a nationwide that. type thing with that. And by the way, one of the reporters in the Untouchables was Lester Holt, who yeah. then became a national TV personality. Yeah. True. All right. As we pull back in the president's Oval Office, we see that the statesmen have a tracker or bug on a bottle of whiskey in the Oval Office. So the scene pulls back to Champ, Champagne, monitoring the conversation. Somehow Whiskey, Eggsy, and Harry are back with him in the conference room. They were just in the bar. <laughs> yeah. How'd that happen? I don't know how that happened. Anyway, we see coordinates on the map, which is supposed to be the White House. Of course, whenever Tom sees coordinates, in a movie, he's going to look them up, right, Tom? You looked this up. Yeah, so there were actually <laughs> three of them that I picked up in this movie. And the first was for the Glastonbury Music Festival. Okay. And the coordinates they had there are of a real bar in Glastonbury. So it's close. Well, that's pretty good. And then there's another scene where they have the coordinates of the White House. And they're about three quarters of a mile off okay, as right. the coordinates bring you to the Scotts Circle Park. Okay. So, again, they're close. And then the third one happens a little bit later in the movie where you're looking at a, there's a email you read where they say, come to Italy, but the coordinates are for Cambodia. All right. That's a little off. Well, it's interesting. It says to me that they changed something here because the lair, her, you know, poppy land is in Cambodia. Yeah, right. But that mountain scene that happens with Charlie is in Italy. Yeah. So there was a disconnect there as to, I think, where they were supposed to sync up, and they probably just didn't bother. They may have changed where that was going to be and decided to go to Italy, so they changed the words, and uh, nobody will catch the coordinate. Yeah. Well, Tom <laughs> except for, does. Except for me. Tom except will do me. it. All right. <laughs> All right. And the guy here who plays the President of the United States, Bruce Greenwood, plays the President of the United States in National Treasure Book of Secrets 2007. So there's another connection. The National Treasure. Ah, there you go. All right, so now we're going to jump ahead, and we see Clara join Charlie in the mountaintop building that we were talking about that just screamed of Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, yeah. Right? Peace, Gloria. <laughs> I mean, yes. Come on. Here, this scene was shot at the Skyway at Monte Bianco in Italy, and it was supposed to be in Italy, so that works. That's kind of cool. Harry and Eggsy and Merlin secure a sample of the antidote. Then on the cable car, ride down. Yeah, but wait a second. They're laying, they're all laying out there, and he's going to snag, and Eggsy's going to snag one. Why didn't he snag more than one? Yeah, you know, just in case it breaks. I mean. Yeah, or <laughs> you have two things to work with. Yeah. So. so they take the cable car ride down, which, you know, Tom and I have taken the cable car up to Peace Gloria and back, and that was beautiful. Tom loves those heights. Then on the cable car ride down, Charlie takes control of the cable car and he makes the cable car spin quickly, down and fast, reminding us, of course, of the cable car scene at Sugarloaf Mountain in Rio in Moonraker with Jaws. What do you think, Tom? I mean, kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, a little bit. I'm definitely not going to be happy to have to go on the cable car, but I probably will. (laughs) I don't like cable cars. But at the end of this, though, the cable car is on some traversing down the snow, looking like it's going to crash into a lodge and there are people out on the balcony. Yeah. But then there's a great callback to the spy who loved me. Now in the spy who loved me bond opens up a parachute and it was the union Jack. Yep. So the parachute helped him escape some henchmen. Yes. He's flying off a 2000 foot cliff. So here Eggsy pulls open a chute that whiskey just happened to be wearing. (laughs) Just happened to be wearing. Standard operating. Yes. And then we see the U.S. flag unfurl to stop them just before they hit the people sitting out on the deck. Yeah. That's right out of the spile of me. I agree. And I like the old guy's line when they stop just before they smash into them. <laughs> I'm not going to say what he said, but it's a, it's it, a, it is a good, it is a good, good line. line. All right. So anyway, 
there's a big shootout at the cabin there where Harry and Whiskey and Eggsy are in the cabin and fighting off all the bad guys. And at one point, Harry suspects Whiskey, and he shoots him. Now, during that shootout, the antidote breaks, of course. That's why Tom said, you should have taken a couple of bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Charlie blows up the lab where the production of the antidotes is was going on up in the mountains in, in Italy. All right, anyway, we see a scene with Ginger Ale and Merlin monitoring events, and Ginger Ale tells Merlin, well, I, I'd like to become an agent. Now, Benji kind of does the same thing in the last few Mission Impossible movies. Right? And we see Eggsy and Harry in the Statesman airplane, and there's a bottle of born and bred vodka on the shelf. This is a product placement because Channing Tatum, who plays tequila in this movie, owns that vodka brand. <laughs> no, I, I like call-outs like that. It's subtle, but nice. A lot yeah. of people would have missed it. Yeah. But if you were a Channing Tatum fan watching this movie, you probably would have picked up on it. Yeah, yeah. And then we get another great callback because Merlin comes out on the plane from another room and he's got a Kingsman suit on. And Eggsy says, looking good, Merlin, who replies, feeling good, Eggsy. <laughs> now, this obviously, there's an influencer back to the movie Trading Places which they mentioned in the Secret Service yes. movie, and the looking good and feeling good are at the end of Trading Places. So it's, it's, it's just great. All right, so then we jump ahead to Poppyland. We're back to where Poppy is. And Harry, Eggsy, and Merlin are approaching it from the forest. Eggsy steps on a landmine. Merlin frees him, but somehow ends up on the mine. To catch the attention of the guards, Merlin starts singing, Take Me Home, Country Roads. Yeah. We remember we had the bagpipe version at the beginning of the movie, and then we heard it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ends up stepping off this mine, exploding it, and taking out the guards with him. Yeah. So I really didn't want to see Merlin go, because I really like that character. Yeah, I do too, and and who knows? He might come back. Yeah, they actually were going to have Merlin dragging himself into the last scenes with his legs blown off, and they thought better of that. So it's yeah, like, that was, okay. that was good. That yeah. was good to avoid that. Yeah. All right, now we get Elton John singing Wednesday Nights All Right because the attack was happening on Wednesday, not Saturday. <laughs> Wednesday Nights All Right. All right, which would be the name of the song, of course, is Saturday Night. Saturday Night's All Right. What a bad joke, but hey. hey yeah, that, that, had that, to work that, that in there. That was, that, that was not a good joke. No. Then we get the big fight to get to the antidote. Eggsy has a briefcase that was reminiscent of... But more advanced, and the briefcase James Bond gets it from Russia with love. We won't go through the whole fight scene here, but most of the callbacks here are to the first movie, The Kingsman Secret Service. Yeah. And there's a really fun poke at Inspector Gadget with what they do with Charlie's arm in here as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so during this whole scene, Whiskey gets revealed to be a traitor. Harry was right. Yeah. But how did Whiskey come back? Harry shot him, but they had the, the android gel that they used on him. Now, when Whiskey's revealed to be the traitor, he says the, his reason is to rid the world of crazed drug addicts that kill innocent people. Mm -hmm. Pedro Pascal, who played Whiskey, also starred in the Netflix series Narcos, <laughs> where he plays a U.S. agent willing to take down Pablo Escobar's drug cartel at any cost. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of an interesting tie-in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, he kind of thought what the president, U.S. president, was thinking in this movie, right? Hey, well, that's that's let the druggies kill each other. <laughs> Whatever. All right. So then the movie closes with Eggsy's wedding to Tilda. And there are a few things to pick up here. Mm -hmm. The first is Eggsy's wearing a blue ceremonial outfit, apparently in the rank of major general. And he has a bunch of real medals on. He's got the Distinguished Service Order and the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Medal. And on the other side of his chest, he wears the General Service Medal. So the, the fact that Eggsy's got it on the other side of his chest, this general service medal, yeah. it means that it's not his medal. It's probably a close relative's. Mm. And Eggsy's father is a likely suspect there to be that close relative. Yes. Remember that he was a Kingsman right. who died in the pre-title sequence. The whole reason Eggsy got involved in all of this was because of his father. Yeah, right, exactly. Who saved Merlin. And, right? Yeah, who saved Merlin and Harry. Yeah. So, at the wedding, Harry says that one of their founding agents once said, this is not the end. It is not even the beginning of the end. But it is, perhaps, the end of the beginning. Now, this quote was Winston Churchill's. 
implying that Churchill maybe was involved in the founding of the Kingsman organization. I kind of love that kind of stuff. Now, they didn't say it was exactly him who did that, but, you know, hey, try to make some connections here. Well, if they're going to say it's one of the founding agents, and that's a quote attributed to him, he's pretty much saying so. And it's going to be intriguing to see if in the movie The King's Man, which is the prequel to this, if they call out Churchill. Yes, yeah, that would be good. I'd like to see that. We'll see. Let's talk about the last thing you see, because this movie ends with tequila in a Kingsman suit and a bowler hat. And he walks into the rebuilt Kingsman tailor shop. I say rebuilt, we didn't talk about it, but it got blown up when Poppy blew up all the Kingsman places. And it's also right next to the wine store that we talked about. So him walking in dressed in the Kingsman suit with the bowler hat, this is the end of the beginning. And it looks like they're setting us up for Kingsman 3, not the prequel, Mm -hmm. but the one that they're going to do after the prequel releases. Right. So we've been through a lot of stuff here with a lot of connections again, just like in the first movie, Kingsman, the Secret Service. Kingsman, the Golden Circle has a lot of influences of and on other movies and real life events. Wow. So... That's a wrap. This has been Dan Silvestri. And Tom Pizzato. Of SpyMovieNavigator.com and our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. Remember, please subscribe to our show right now. Hit that subscribe button. Check out our videos on our Cracking the Code of Spy Movies YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it.